Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. With me today is Kyle. Hello. And Manny. Yep. And back with a vengeance, my man, Emmett. Yo. On this episode, we are languishing in the utter collapse that happened in Philly, talking some transfer rumors, answering some fan questions, and using the uncanny Dynabot to predict the outcome of our next match against Vancouver. Let's get to it. So I'm sure there's not a Dynamo fan out there who doesn't understand that this is the worst defeat in our history. 6-0. I don't want to dwell on it for too long, but I will say this. I was using the restroom the other night, and I was just sad thinking about the defeat. I posted on Twitter that there was no song that does a good enough job expressing my feelings. But then I thought about the Lord of the Rings. When Boromir dies, in the books, not in the movies, in the books, the remaining members of the Fellowship, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli-ish, he doesn't actually sing, but he is there, sings a song about the death of Boromir where they ask the four winds, the north, the south, the west. They actually don't ask the east if they've heard from Boromir or what happened to Boromir. And it's just this like gut-wrenching thing that J.R.R. Tolkien, one of my heroes, wrote about to really help you understand what sadness and feelings are. And I almost, I'm not a crying man, I almost teared up there on the toilet thinking about the dynamo. I mean, you could read... Easily easily the weirdest intro we've ever had. I'm just saying you could literally replace the words Boromir with dynamo, and that would express my feelings. This was pretty awful. So we're not going to spend much time talking about it. What we are (laughs) going to talk about is what went wrong, what went right, and who's on the hot seat. So, Kyle, real quick, tell me what went wrong. Well, we lost Um, (laughs) 6-0. And to do that, we played poorly. We didn't defend well. We didn't attack well, clearly. And, uh, yeah, we just didn't do our jobs on the night. So I'd say that is what went wrong, Sinski. Okay, man, you got anything else to add to that uh, riveting discussion? You know, I think we kind of mentioned it previously on Dyna Bros is how we use Vera in the middle for a center back, for a back three. Um, and that's not really a strong suit of his He's more of a bulldog. He needs to push forward and get into those tackles and just do those side passes and get rid of it, which means at the back, he was relied on more than we needed to be, but so was the whole defense. So if we could replace all of them, that might be good. (laughs) And uh, Emmett, haven't heard from you in a while. Tell me something that went wrong that really caught your eye. Well, first of all, it's glad to be back. Missed you guys. Uh, I wish I was uh, joining on better circumstances here. Yeah, you uh, a great time. I know, right? Score a game. I think uh, the thing that really s- stuck out to me outside of the stuff that these other guys said was just how much we looked like we didn't have any fight in us. You know, it's one thing to go down a goal, one thing to go down two goals, you know, but it, you're, what you're looking for as a fan, what you're looking for is just the the willingness to drive to try to bounce back. And it just didn't seem like we had any of that. So that that left me with some bad vibes heading out. Yeah, and I got to say, that seems like the opposite of what the Dynamos have been this year, the Dynamo have been this year. It it seemed like late in the game, we we would come back with a vengeance most of the time. But we like looked like we were puttering out over and over again this game. And that was really disappointing to see. So, Manny, go ahead and tell me what went right in this one. Has to be something. Does it have to be something? <laughs> Maybe I not. Feel like I feel mean, like historical loss. If I played for Philadelphia, I feel like a lot went right. So like I, I can change seats, change teams. Then I can see you know what what went right for on that side. But uh, from the Dynamo side, I don't I don't know. I don't feel like I'm that positive yet, Sinski. I'm not back there. I thought it was bringing you in on the last pod. It's okay. I'll keep working at it. Kyle, tell me what went right and tell your friend Manny too. I will tell my friend Manny, um, who happens to be right next to me tonight. We're uh, we're recording from the same room, same location. Uh, we're trying to normalize uh, adult male friend sleepovers. Um, 
Not really, listeners. He just has to take a flight from an airport that is much closer to my house uh, very early in the morning. So um, he'll be somewhere in this house this evening. So I want to say one thing that went right, a small thing in my opinion. Uh, we had Thor playing on the left wing starting with Sebus playing as the striker. I think that was the right move that I've been calling for. I think Thor makes a pretty good left wing um, he didn't do much on the right wing when he and Fafa switched it up this game, unfortunately. But um, I do think that is a positive step in the formation. Um, and I know you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to squeeze in one more uh, negative thing that I noticed from this game. <laughs> no, since there was a lot to pick from. But I, I think it's just an important important point to bring up. Um, I really think the game against Minnesota last week before the Philadelphia game really messed with the players' heads. I think they knew how much was riding on that game and how much of a must-win game that was. And then to lose at home 2-1 to one against a team that they definitely should have beat. And out really, Yeah, and, and really messed them up having to go away from home and play the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Like, it's... That was just bad news bears for our team to to get away from home and so you could really see which team was on a five game unbeaten streak and which team had just come off a home loss for a pretty important win so yeah it's uh with this this team just needs any amount of confidence and we have none right now so tough spot pretty tough spot i think philly's a team that you have to like feel good going into that game if you want any kind of result they're too good to to be hanging your head already going into the match. So, and I think that happened to the dynamo got caught with their pants down and their heads held low and just got beat up. Uh, Emmett, you've got a pretty interesting thing about went right. And I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, like producer Ian said, who knows if it was right for the right reason or not, but I did notice, um, during the halftime interview by the Philly coach that he was surprised by the tactics that we rolled out. Um, So I'm choosing to believe that was a good thing that Naga uh, surprised them with the team and the formation that he rolled out. Uh, But, you know, I guess guess we'll never see. We'll never truly know. Uh, But the other thing I'm really hoping is maybe the right thing will will be the downstream effect of something like this, right? I hope it will be something that binds them together, truly motivates them. You know, un- unfortunately, I've been a part of a, of a team that has also lost 6-0. And it was that moment where we came back into the locker room to we, we had to decide, were we going to be the team that people were looking forward to to play against? Or were we going to be the team that, you know, truly steeled and said, no, we're never losing that bad again, ever. Emmett, I could never believe that you lost 6-0. You're too good at soccer. Kyle, you're the best one in the group, so I do appreciate that. None of you guys have seen me play in a while. My skills have jumped. Uh, So I could be in the running for top five best uh, soccer players on the pod tonight. So take that. Um, Emmett, I will say this. I think that coach was just blowing some smoke because he's just trying to say something nice because Jim Curtin, Jim Kirchin, I don't know how to say his last name. I read it. I'm like, it can't be Curtin, can it? So um, I think he was just trying to be nice because he's a nice guy. When What was the scoreline at halftime? 3-0? Um, when you're up yeah. 3-0, it seems like surprised was can't be positive. Like, hey. The surprise was that the players didn't come to play soccer today. They're playing a different sport or something. Um, that that could be the only surprise I could think of with a scoreline like that. But I hey, do think it did, it did take them twenty three minutes to score. So that's fair. That that is a fair point. And Jake mentioned that on the Dyna Bros that we looked good for a certain point. And when Fafa made that offside goal, that. Dynamo fans across the globe thought tied it up 1-1, and it was called offside yet again. I think that really took the wind out of the player's sails, and it was nothing but downward spiral from there. So not much went right. Um, Interesting that the uh, opponent's head coach was surprised by our tactics. I think that bodes well for Naga, you could say, because um, a lot of fans are saying Naga out, but... If a top coach in the league is saying interesting tactics, maybe maybe he can hang his hat on that. I don't know. Speaking of Naga out, 
Naga in. I, my next question for you guys is who's on the hot seat for this team? Things are not looking great. We seem further and further away from getting to the playoffs. Worst scoreline in Dynamo history. I don't know how many times we can say that, and it hurts every time. There's a lot of people who you could pick out as deserving of the blame, and maybe someone deserves it the most. So I want to know your top three people on the hot seat for the Houston Dynamo. And I'm going to give you some options. Our GM, Pat Onstad, and Pat, we trust. Maybe that trust wasn't earned. Paolo Nagamora, Paolo in, Paolo out. What do you guys think? And then some players. Hector Herrera, I think, has one win since being on this team. Sebis Ferreira, having a hard time starting. Finally gets a start like I've been begging for, and he just lays a goose egg. Vera, where is he on the pitch? What's going on there? Our center backs, you know, it's all up for grabs. So I'm going to start with Emmett this time. Go ahead, Emmett. What's your hot seat issues? Well, you know, like we said earlier, or like I said earlier, I think for me, when I'm when I'm looking at the, you know, who takes the the gold medal here for the for the hot seat, it's got to be our captain, and and not necessarily just captain and armband, but I'm talking about captain, like who those leaders are in the locker room, because they've really got to they've got to hold a team meeting, they've got to do something to where they they bind this team together. And say, hey, we're not we're not giving up six goals. We're not giving up three goals and a half. We're not falling asleep on defense. Like we're gonna play a full ninety minutes, and we're gonna be we're gonna be in it. And I think uh, silver medal for uh, for hot seat here uh, in Pat we trust. I'm on board with that. But and and the thing is, I love the transparency that that he mentioned about the Tiago signing. Right, like I totally totally appreciate that transparency there. But at the same time, we don't get very many chances to convince people to come join the Dynamo. And I just don't feel like we can miss when it comes to bringing people in, that are bringing players in. That, uh, not unexcusable, but it is, it is a bummer. Uh, and then last, I'm not, I am not a subscriber to this knockout. I don't think he's had a chance to build his team. I think he's legitimately trying to do things with tactics. But the team just isn't strong enough. We're, we're weak in some key areas. Um, we have affinity for bringing in older players. Um, I'd like to see that shift a little bit. But, uh, yeah, th- those are my top three, Sinski. I appreciate that, Emmett. Um, I, too, am not Naga out because he's only had a season. I think you need a lot more time than that to get something going, especially when a lot of these players are – just continuations of contracts from years past, and we know how they performed then. I don't know why we should expect something better. So pretty pretty astute stuff there, Emmett. Kyle, give me your podium. Sure. My podium goes as follows. Players on top, Naga in the middle, Pat at the end. And what I mean by that is I think Pat is – doing as well as he can knowing this is a rebuild year and knowing that there are limitations to an organization that has lost a lot of support over the years and is trying to rebuild trust with a fan base. Um, So I I place less of the blame on Pat, a little bit of the blame on Naga. I feel like he has ups and downs as a manager with his lineup selection and his tactical approach to games. And um, we've seen a lot of that fluctuation this season, but again, rebuild season, there's, you know, only so much he can do with what he has to work with and uh, with what he has to work with being our players. And I don't really care like who you are. If you're playing on a team and you lose six nil, like your coach could be yelling and screaming at you from the sidelines and doing his best, but you're the ones on the field that aren't performing. And that comes down to every that comes into every player, you know. Poor Michael Nelson, the Katie kid, came in and shipped five goals, you know. And then we've got, uh, you know, Hector Herrera, our captain. We're so excited about him. The poor dude, like on their fifth goal at the end, there sixth goal, like I started to lose track. He just casually gave the ball up in our defensive third. They went and scored. It was just like, of course, it was going to happen. Nobody on this team looked like they realized at halftime that they were down three nil 
Can you imagine being in the locker room, being down three nil and not being so upset that you would want to come out and just like start ripping heads off of the other team? Like you just are, you want to come out and be so physical and obstruct the other team from doing what they're already doing. Well, we absolutely did not do that. We came out and we just let it happen again. So I, I absolutely place this on the players and, you know, a lot of dynamo Twitter right now is talking about, you know, Pat needs to clear out these players and start with a fresh batch. I don't know how realistic that is. I can't imagine it's very easy to offload an entire team. I know in FIFA, it costs a lot of money to drop players off your team. So I imagine it's the same thing with real life contracts. So we've got to have, there's got to be some realistic approach to what we can do with the players that we have. And I don't really know what that is outside of hiring coaches to make them better, but maybe they just, they, their ceiling has been hit, you know, which that would be really sad. I said, this is my good, um, on the Dyna bros, but a lot of their contracts will just be finished. So, you know, you made your money farewell, have a great rest of your career on some other MLS team or somewhere else. USL might be a good fit for some of these players. Manny, go ahead and give me your podium for the hot seat. Third, second, and first. Least blame to most blame. All right, least we'll go uh, Nagamura. Specifically just for this this game, if we're looking if we're looking at just this game, he he didn't get anything right as far as organizing this team. I know we talked about tactics that surprised the Philly coach, but I think the thing that was he was surprised about was the fact that we looked so unorganized. Um, and so that, that puts him in the hot seat. I think any coach when you're not on a winning team that gets a six O loss, like at that point you're in the hot seat. It's just, it's just going to happen now. Three. You know, if we were a winning team and you had a six O loss and it was a fluke, sure. You brush it off. It's coaches not are the managers not in that hot seat, but after a loss like that on a losing team, the manager's going to be there. Whether we agree with it or not, probably it's it probably just true. Second, I'm going to blame the players. This has been said already, but I'm going to echo it. They're the ones on the pitch. Yeah, they're the ones that have to m- motivate themselves to be upset that they were losing three zero at halftime. They're the ones that have to be upset they were losing two zero before halftime. They're the ones that have to be upset that they're losing four zero right after halftime. Like they're the ones that need to light the fire under their own butts. I'll echo what Emmett said about the captains on the pitch, not just Hector Herrera, but just the leaders. Nobody looked like a leader in this game. Nobody. And it just it's infuriating to see them look like they didn't care. Like, the, like there was a preseason match or a friendly against a random team in Mexico. Like it's just, it, they didn't seem to care at all. And my number one on the hot seat, go ahead, Sinski. I was going to say we we played a random team from Mexico and uh, we cared more in that match, it seemed like. But yeah, continue. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. That's what it felt like, at least. And my number one is even though he's already fired, if we could fire him again, Matt Jordan. <laughs> that's fair. I've, I've said my my hate for all the things that he's done to the team and it continues to weigh us down. Uh, Jake has said this earlier in the season, you know, that like new teams have had the um, uh, ability to basically actually build from the ground up. And because of what Matt Jordan has done to the team, we've had to start from below zero. We had to start negative. So players on our team that maybe we didn't want to resign for this next year, we still had to because of what we could pay them versus what we actually had money to spend out there. But my gosh, the things that Matt Jordan has done to this team and the roster he built was just such trash. So there we are. That's me. Jump in there, Emmett. Yeah, Manny, I think that's a good call out with the with the Matt Jordan thing. It's almost like we're uh, inheriting a dumpster fire that he built and he gets to you know ride off into the sunset. Um, one of the things I was thinking when we were talking about looking for somebody in the locker room to really light that fire um, at halftime and say, hey, we're, we're not going back out there the same, but we're, you know, we're going back out there and we're, we're going to battle is I wonder if that person is Steve Clark. You know, we don't know. We're not in the locker room. Um, but those of you that watch the game, you could see he, you know, punched that ball into eternity, um, ended up catching an injury at the same time. And so I wonder um, with him going out, if, if that would have been or could have been the voice at halftime that really, uh, you know, spurred on some action for our boys. 
Yeah, if I had to guess le- leaders in a pitch are in the locker room just off the top of my head, I would say Clark, Parker, Hector Herrera, and only Saran. I would say Saran only because of things we've heard before, not because of like what I see on the field or anything like that. But probably those four guys are supposed to be the voices kind of leading the team and everything. Um, but none of them really seem to step up this last game. I think Sarin for sure. When you look at his uh, Twitter, Instagram or whatever, he when he goes on vacation, he's taking players with him. When Sevis scored his first goal, who did he run to? It was Darwin Sarin. It wasn't the coach. It wasn't a teammate on the pitch. It was Darwin Sarin. So I think Sarin is a – and I think that's why he's still on the roster after all this time. And because he makes it hard to to play through the middle at times when when he's on, so I think for sure he's a, a leader, and it's hard to be a leader when you're not getting a lot of play time. So, so can I ask one more thing just for for us real quick? I wonder, and I, I'm just wondering here if this is the difference between signing 23 year old, 24 year old DPS and a 34, 35-year-old DP. I just wonder if a you know, 24, 25-year-old's coming back in the locker room and it's like, no, nah, we're, we're, we're not going out again and taking three goals. Where a 34, 35-year-old might be like, ah, this is a bummer. Is this over yet? Can we, can we fast forward? Do we have to go back out? Just, just curious. I definitely think we talked about how we were starting from below zero. You know, We're literally down an international slot than almost every other team in the in the league so it's hard to bring in those players and and like you said Emmett, it's tough to bring in guys to the dynamo especially when we swing and miss you know has sebis been a has he been the the guy that the dynamo needed i think he's five or six goals back from really being called a a dp player um two of our uh not two but teenage is a dp in the defense and he wasn't playing and i think he's had multiple uh games where he's been suspended this season already because of accumulation of yellows i think that's why he wasn't on the pitch this uh past week so you know when your dps are playing like that and then we bought down darwin quintero but he's still one of the better players on the team but we know how he can be at times very lapsing on the field where sometimes it's like here's a moment of brilliance and then here's a moment of well yeah, like when he was tracking back with that guy and just stopped because he knew he couldn't catch him a few weeks ago. So yeah, I think I think put the whole whole darn team on the hot seat. The the whole organization. I'm about ready to to burn the dynamo to the ground and and bring the Houston Apollos back into action. I know there's never been an Apollos, but there should be. That was a great name choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we started recording, we went on Twitter. And we asked some of the faithful to to give us some topics to talk about because we really didn't want to just talk about that game that will unfortunately live in the Dynamo history for the rest of forever until we become the Apollos. So I'm gonna give you guys some of the questions, and I'm gonna you're gonna jump in with an answer, okay? Chris Righteous asked or said that we're only allowed to keep three guys from the current roster. Which three do you keep? I'm going to let each one of you pick one person. Emmett, who do you keep from this roster? It's a great question. Uh, for me, this is this is pretty easy. I'm keeping Coco. Okay. What what makes Coco stand out for you? I think just the fact that he's younger. He's got potential. I think he's he's shown himself to to be a real. You know, he just has the mentality where he's going to go out and he's going to play hard. I think we can see that, you know, he could continue to grow, continue to be a better player. I like what he brings to the team. I like that he tracks back. I like the way that he progresses the ball. And in all four phases, he really does contribute. And I think that's the kind of player that we should be going after, especially for someone in the midfield. You think about soccer so much more completely than I do. I like that Coco dribbles through (laughs) other players. Manny, haven't heard from you in a, in a mo. Tell me, who do you keep? Can't pick Coco. He's already still on the team. Got it. Um, I guess the mes- next most obvious is Hector. It's probably, I mean, that's probably the next person need to stay based on what we're paying him and uh, his quality, honestly. 
Obviously, I don't think we've seen his best yet, but he's definitely a leader and he's definitely going to be needed in the middle of the pitch. Um, and he could probably still play, you know, solid for another two years at least. So we'll go Hector. Well, that's the remainder of his contract, I think. So that would be perfect. So we've got Coco and Hector. Kyle, who's your choice? Yeah, I um, uh, big shout out to Chris Righteous on, on Dynamo Twitter. Great question. And uh, he had a response on his tweet from an Adam S. And he said, HH, Coco, and Sebus, which I think a lot of people would agree with. And I think I agree as well. But I'm going to throw in a different answer for my response. And I'm going to give it to my boy Thor because I like Thor so much. And I think he should stick around. I like that. You guys are all wrong. Our MVPs this season are two men, Darwin Quintero and Steve Clark. I'm not picking three players. I'm just taking DQ at 34 years old, one of the DQ best DQ will be 45 next year. In okay. the ML. I'm Can't fine that. with that. that. Let him be 35. And I'm taking Steve Clark. You know how long uh, Buffon, am I saying that correctly? Buffon, Buffon? How long has Buffon been goalkeeping in Italy. I think that guy still plays. So if he could do it, Steve Clark can go till he's 60. So I'm taking Steve Clark and DQ. I love I just the Steve to, Clark, uh, but the, the DQ thing, Sinski, he we looked this up before the podcast started. He hasn't played three games in a row of 90-minute soccer. He's he, there's, he just doesn't have his legs with him anymore. So you, you're going to stick him around, keep him around for, what, a couple minutes here and there? On a game called Football Manager Mobile 22, I encourage you all <laughs> to download it onto your iPhones. Darlin Quintero should have, I don't know if this is true, but he should have a title that says Experienced Striker. No, he's not a striker, but that's that's what he does best for the Dynamo in my eyes right now. So he should have experienced striker or winger because that's where I'd like to see him play. But experienced striker, that man is meant to score goals in big situations. And that's what you want on your team. Yeah, he's not the young stud up and coming five star potential player, but he's going to score a goal in your final matches. And I believe he'll do that. For the for the Houston Dynamo, he's still a guy we count on and rely on. If he's not in your top three, you're making a mistake. Chris Wright, I can ride with you on Clark. I can ride with you on Clark, but and, and D- I love DQ. Appreciate it. But no way, no way. I think it's also important to note that you compared Steve Clark to potentially the greatest goalkeeper to ever play the games, <laughs> the goat. Or did I compare that man? to who I consider the greatest goalkeeper in Houston Dynamo history, Steve Clark. <laughs> Take that, Pat. Did you really just do Pat that way? I did. I've, I've said that before on this pod. Roll back the tape, Producer Ian. That was Producer Ian those. rolling back the tape. Okay, next next question on Twitter. Justin Simpson at Battle Red Raider uh, said that the per- wants to know our Premier League predictions and he says West Ham has to finish above Tottenham. I think that's a big ask from this group of guys. Let's see, um, Manny does uh, does West Ham finish above Tottenham? Who's your Who's your winner as well? I don't know. I, I don't like to take questions from Justin Simpson though. Uh, he's dead to me. The thought that he would even have West Ham above Tottenham in any real world scenario is ridiculous. I doubt he knows much about soccer or the EPL. I don't know why he's even on our Twitter. I'm just kidding. I love Justin. He's actually a good friend. Um, but no, West Ham will not finish above Tottenham. It's it's impossible. Well, who wins for you? The league? Yeah. Oh, mm, probably City again. Kyle? No. Tottenham are taking it home. Okay, so that would uh, that would necessitate West Ham finishing below Tottenham as well. So I think I called that. And uh, Emmett, what is your who's your league winner? And does West Ham finish above Tottenham? So my heart wants to stay Arsenal. I don't think it's our season. I think the next season we take it. So I'm going to go uh, with Liverpool wins it. Uh, I do think West Ham finishes above Tottenham. I think every time West Ham goes to White Hart Lane, it becomes three-point lane. And West Boo. Ham just takes Kick three points off the pod. every time they go. Back off like the pod, Emmett. See you later. We would, yeah. we would be friends, Justin. I well, would like to... Uh, this is a first. Emmett is almost right on this one. Uh, West Ham will finish above Tottenham, but he doesn't have to go with his heart. Manchester United is going to win the league this year. They've got the best coach in the league, 
And they've got the best creator in the league, Bruno Fernandez. Look it up. No one's created more big chances than him last season. And Cristiano Ronaldo in goal, are you kidding me? Until he leaves, he's on the team, and that means at least 20 goals this season. I'm betting like 30 goals this season. The 20 only goals you guys will score from Ronaldo. So probably won't even make top four. No, because we also have Anthony Martial. Don't forget about him. <laughs> I got okay. loaned out last season. He was loaned out. To Sevilla, that's a big team. Bigger than Tottenham. Anyway, Jose! Exclamation point. I don't know how to say your app, man. I'm going to let Manny go ahead and tell me that one. Manny, what's that same? Or Kyle? Olvidalba. Olvidable? Olvidalba. There we go. Is it Spanish? You're saying it like it's Spanish or French. I don't know. Okay. It looks like it could be Spanish. I don't see things in that kind of lens. Um, It says, what is your ideal back four with current roster? And we'll start with that. So, Emmett, what's your ideal back four with our roster? I bet all of us say the same thing here. Yeah, I think we will. So I'm going to flip this a little bit. And I, I sent this in our soccer text this week, but but I actually think it would be worth us going or trying it out at least to a, a three center back pairing with teenage Parker and Bartlow uh, with some some wing back action with uh, with Zeka and, and Lundy or Dorsey or somebody on the other side. So I'm going to flip the question a little bit. OK, so you're saying not even a back four at all. We should go back five. Doesn't seem like it's been working for us. So, uh, Kyle. Yeah. Oh man. I, I think because we don't really have like great options here, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm with Emmett. Switch things up a little bit. You know, let's let's throw let's throw Bartlow back in the mix. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, that's fine with me. Bring up some of the the Dynamo Dose guys. You know, play on the left and right back. Switch things up. I I don't think it matters. <laughs> Kyle, with zero faith in our back line. Manny, your thoughts are important to us here at the Dynamo Faithful. Go ahead and tell us what your back line looks like. Oh, that was sweet of you, Sinsky. I appreciate that. Thank you. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Um, I've been calling <laughs> I've been calling for a back three. And you have. I mentioned it on Dyna Bros this last week. Bartlow, drop him back in. Put him in the middle or play him on the right, probably in the middle. He's going to be better than Veer drop into that middle spot anyway. He might be a little more raw. But he's definitely bigger, he's probably faster, and I think we've seen him make better passes from the back. Okay. As far as the wings go, because we're going to be a back three, a back three let's do wing backs. Uh, let's move Fafa to a left wing back. And we could put Lundy over to the right wing back. <laughs> the reason why I want to put Fafa over to the left wing back <laughs> this man's playing is because FIFA. He's, too, he's too fast for his own good. So if we move him further back, maybe he will be offsides less because he has to take more time to run up for the, <laughs> further. You know what I mean? So maybe he'll be there in time not to run offsides. That's my, that's just my uh, mind, my mind right now. Interesting, interesting. So, Jose, I'm going to actually answer your question and go with uh, back four because I'm more of a traditional old school manager. I expect center backs to defend. I don't care about their uh, mobile passing range. I'm going to go with... Tim Parker and Teenage Hadebi as my center backs because Starez, I've seen enough of him in that 6-0 loss. I was so so disappointed in him. And then I think uh, Lundy at left back just because I don't think Junk was got what it takes. And then at right back, I'm still on the Zeka train. I like Griffin Dorsey. I hate Valentin. So uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Zeka though. I think he gives us a little bit more. Dorsey's all about that output, but Zeka, when he wants to put in a good cross, he does. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, that's my back four. Now Jose has another question here. He says, "Who is the weakest link and has to go next season?" That's wild, Jose, that you're asking us to just pick one player to leave. But I'm interested to see what what the guys think. Emmett. Who is the least valuable player on this team? Man, this is a this is a really hard one for me. I, you know, obviously the the easy answer is somebody that doesn't get a lot of playing time. But if we lean in a little bit to this and, and look at some people that have actually got some minutes here, I'm saying that uh, this pains me a little bit to say because I, I do think he brings a lot to the team. But I think we've got to restart our attacking mid, whatever whatever position, wherever we're going to try to put DQ in, we, we've got to restart that. I just don't think 
we can rely on him to be anything other than a super sub. So uh, unfortunately, uh, my vote's for him. So you're saying that he's aged out and it's time to move on. I think he's aged out in the sense of he can't. I just don't think he's got the legs anymore to go 90 minutes week in, week out. Manny, um, I said least valuable, but I prefer weakest link. Who's your weak link on this roster? So I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Kyle mentioned earlier, and I really like Thor. And from what we've seen, his best position, if we want Sebus on the pitch, is going to be at the left left wing. So I think our weakest link has been on the right side, and that could be a number of players. But we're going to look at Fafa. I'm just not a fan. Uh, I've already you know joked about him just a second ago about being off sides all the time. His goals when he does score don't seem to mean a whole lot. He scored two in the Miami game. I think those were the only meaningful goals he scored so far this season. But when he has scored, it's offsides or it's after we're already losing and it's too little too late. And he's not a good crosser. He's not a super great finisher. He's just fast. And for me, that seems like just a waste of a roster spot on our team when we could have someone that's more well-rounded, hopefully come in and do all the things we need a winger to do or at least two out of the three that I just mentioned. Um, so Favo would be the, the weak link for me that I'm ready to see. Peace out. Okay. See you, Fafa. Hello, Kyle. Who you got for us? This one pains me a little bit, um, but I was going to go with Fafa, so I had to uh, call an audible real quick. Um, I think if we could upgrade in one area that the Dynamo really need help with, it is a bit defensively. I think we ship out Adam Lundquist and bring in a star left back. You look at when we brought in DeMarcus Beasley and just how well he led from that spot and really captained the team and brought pedigree and leadership and skill and quality. I think, I I mean, I love Lundy. I appreciate everything he's done for the team, but I feel like he got torched a little bit this weekend. You could really tell. I think we could really upgrade there and uh, we could see some, some positive effects for the Dynamo. In Lundy's defense, with how high up our, our uh, fullbacks were playing, I think, I think they were easy, easier to torch in that situation, in that tactical style, than what he normally is, to be fair. But, okay, I, I can hear that. I've, I've questioned Lundy a little bit here and there on the pod. I think that's a wild one, though. But I personally say get rid of Valentin. I don't think he's played a single uh, minute outside of cup matches this season. I still don't forgive him for having an own goal on my birthday last season. So <laughs> it wasn't my birthday, but it was my birthday game, you know. So so see you later. Maybe it was my birthday. I can't remember if it was on my birthday or if like we were just going to it for my birthday. No. Does it's your birthday school- change every year? No, my birthday is always on the 23rd of October. So you guys can send me gifts then. What's your social, but Sinski? It's a certain amount of numbers in a certain uh, array, actually. <laughs> it's hard to remember off the top of my head. Anyways, next question. Manny's trying to get me to uh, divulge all of my secrets. Um, thoughts about Pozo? Well, Pozo... Jose, he uh, it sounds like the bid didn't go through, and maybe the president is going to be changing for the team, so they're not going to sell anybody. So that's our thoughts on that. So let's move on to Spring Branch Mexican's question. Uh, I'm going to let somebody else say his at. Go ahead. Emmett, you didn't get to read one last time, so read his at. Hard pass. Manny, you got it. <laughs> Manny's choosing not to, uh, not to take a whack at it here. Um Nekazista for life. I don't know if it's a if it's a Z as an X sound, but you know, we're showing our age right now, fellas. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. Well, he says, "What's the hope for next season?" Spring Branch Mexican. I think there's a lot of hope for next season. Me personally, I'm going to go first because I've been going last every time. I think the hope is that there can be a lot of roster changes. And because of those roster changes, we're going to be able to see a different team, hopefully one that fits our coach's style. Manny, what do you think the uh, hope is for next season? Um, You know, since you said it a few times that we're going to lose a good number of players from uh, contracts ending next year. And Jake mentioned that the lower you finish in the table, the more gam you get. So if we're losing players, that means we don't have to spend money on them for uh, their salaries. And if we end up in last or second to last, 
we'll probably get a good number, no good amount of gam, and we can use that to uh, rebuild, start rebuilding a roster. So that's something to look forward to. Emmett, who are uh, who are you putting our hopes in next season? Is it a player? Is it the coach? Is it the system? You know, I think for me, when thinking about next season, I don't feel like it's realistic for us to expect big enough changes to where it's going to reflect into, in our standings next year. But I would love <clears throat> and hope that we can get the right players in to fit the system that, that Naga wants to play. You know, looking at those four phases, looking at where he wants to do, where he wants to attack from, the type of movement he wants from his players. I just would love to see him to have a chance to actually build a team and get the right players in the right position and, and really fill in the, the right roles. So that, that would be my hope. Okay. Kyle, what are your hopes? Um, well, we started the season, I think, with hope. We've been hopeful during the season. The hope is quickly fading. So I feel like next season is going to be very similar. We're going to have a a bit of a rebuild and it's just going to kind of start fresh all over again. The pain will settle and then the wound will reopen as we begin tumulting down the table. So I'm mid-level hopeful. Well, that's fair, I guess. I really got to say, I hate talking about hope for next season. We're not out of playoffs yet. There's still hope for this season, guys. Don't lose faith. Stay faithful. All right, so let's jump into the general news of the team. Um, A little bit of a lot going on. Go ahead, Manny. Tell me about the rumors with Hector Herrera in the locker room situation. Yeah, so just stuff we've seen in the Twitter sphere is that Achache might be a a division in the locker room, but also bringing people together in the locker room. (laughs) So maybe maybe he's being the leader that we expected him to be and we want him to be. But also he might be stirring some stuff and saying that, like, we need more, we need better. And, you know, there's been articles and stuff about uh, how he's acted in the Mexico locker room before and stuff like that, about having a hand and, you know, having players locked out or getting new managers and stuff like that. And so I don't know if any of the stuff we're really seeing is based on facts or just stuff that we think we've seen in other locker rooms with him before. Well, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of behavior, but when the team is doing as poorly as we are, maybe that's what we need. Kyle, uh, Pat Onstead went on to Glenn Davis's show, and he was very forthright, and I just want you to hit some of the key points of that conversation for our audience who may not listen to the radio anymore. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Pat went on Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis and was just like super you know, brutally honest and vulnerable with the state of the organization, you know, some of the things that, that we we touched on here, I think Emmett mentioned it earlier was him admitting that the Tiago deal was rushed and, you know, quote unquote, a mistake um, that he was recommended for the team. Um, you know, with the way the MLS is structured, we're a little bit hands tied with, you know, the amount of players that we can look at uh, where we can look at players from how much we can spend. Uh, he was honest about our state as a playoff team right now. You know, it's it's so weird to look at the table and realize that we are still only six points out of a playoff spot, which feels like we don't deserve that at all. Um, but he's also mentioning like, you know, people are calling for Dynamo Dose players to get pulled in. He's noting that we don't want to do that until we're, you know, mathematically out of the equation, which is sad to think about. But understandable we want to see those kids get exposure on the big stage and yeah it was it was really good i think it was like both disheartening and encouraging as a dynamo fan to see the gm be that open and honest about where we're at right now yeah it was definitely a wind out of your sails conversation and i do like that he wants to play the starters and the the first team until we can't get into the playoffs but i do think there are some players on the dynamo dose who maybe have earned a look. And we've talked about that before. Um, Something I wanted to mention as well, we already talked about how Pozo's probably not going to happen. There's a lot of reasons that he's probably not coming to our team. They're getting the new president. And uh, interestingly, their fans didn't want him to leave, which might have made him a good signing, actually. So that kind of stinks. But uh, we did get uh, Nelson Quinones, who is a winger that we have loaned in with an option to purchase. Um, I don't think he was 
with the team during the game, and I think it might be a little bit because I heard there was some visa issues going on, and I'm not an expert on immigration work laws in the U.S., so I'm sure that's a mess. But I'm excited to hopefully see him this season and see what he's got, and hopefully it's worthwhile and it's a purchase that we can like pull the trigger on and he makes a difference for the team. That's my hope. Let's go ahead and look at our next matchup. We are going up North to Canada to play Vancouver Friday night at 9 30 PM. Kyle's going to be wanting to go to bed and Stiddy's going to have to fight to stay awake to watch his Houston dynamo battle it out. Um, What's going on with that team, Emmett? Well, I think the interesting thing to point out, and he kind of alluded to it just now, Sinski, is that Vancouver currently sits in 10th place, uh, which is right above us. Uh, They have two points over us. The interesting thing here for me was that the goal differential for Vancouver is negative 13, and our goal differential is Houston Dynamo is negative 9. Now, I'm not a math major, but I think the smaller negative number is better than the larger negative number. So that's that's got me feeling a little bit encouraged. As a fifth grade math teacher, I can tell you you are correct. It's better to be smaller if you are a negative. So I think this is a chance for us to get points. And I'm very hopeful in this game. And hope sounds like a scary term when talking about the Dynamo right now. Uh, Kyle, what do you think is going to go on in this game? Like, what can we look forward to? I think this is going to be an interesting game because I think we're going to see a little bit of a shakeup from Paolo Nagamura in this game, um, or we're going to see the exact same lineup. I, but I, I'm leaning more towards a lot more rotation and just like him trying stuff and seeing what could happen. You know, we might see a random three-five-two formation or something like. It, it just seems so up in the air right now. Um, I know that playoffs seem unattainable at this point, but like I said, we are six points out of a potential spot. Um, you know, a win here is potentially season changing for us. I think it's a huge opportunity for three points. I sadly don't think we're going to get it based on form, but you know, they're only in 10th place. They're right above us. Very evenly matched team. It's it's an opportunity for us to take points for sure. An opportunity for sure. And unlike you, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna grab it by the horns and throw it down in the dirt and take it. Uh, Manny, what do you think is gonna happen here? Uh, I think we do have an opportunity to do something. Um, they did just bring in a new defender, uh, Gressel from DC. You know, trying to. Uh, look at their negative score of uh, 13 goals ha- as Emmett brought to our attention. And they're trying to do something about it, obviously, by bringing a new defender. So I, I don't think he's played any games with them yet. I think he's like that new. Um, so, you know, he might he might get a start for them and might shore up that defense a bit. But hopefully he hasn't had enough time with the team that they're gelling and that we'll be able to get some goals in. But uh, yeah, it's kind of with everything with the Dynamo right now, it's all up in the air. Yeah, for sure, man. Even even the uh, the sure things have been not so sure with this team. So this one being kind of a 50-50 encounter in my eyes, but or maybe like 60-40 us. So that's still tough odds for a team that's really struggled. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to the Uncanny Dinobot, see what he has to say about this match, and make our predictions from there. Go ahead, Dinobot. We're all ears. Dynabot's prediction for Houston Dynamo at Vancouver Whitecaps. 49% chance Vancouver win. 26% chance Houston Dynamo win. 25% chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 Dynamo, and stay faithful. Dynabot, are you trying to tell me we only have a 25% chance-ish of winning this match? Like a quarter of the chances? Is that how percentages work, Kyle? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. As the fifth grade math teacher, I will cede to your experience. Manny, you agree with that prediction? Uh, you know what? I don't know if Dinobot has been wrong yet, so I feel like I have to agree with that prediction. <laughs> I don't want to. All right. Well, what's your prediction, Manny? If you think uh, Dinobot's right, most likely chance of the other team winning, you think we get no points? Sinski, I want to be hopeful. I no, be more you like don't. You. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. I'm not. 
but I do want to be more like you in this sense, at least. Um, not with the goals, taking off the shirt thing. I like to keep my shirt on even for goals. So, but just in this thing, I'm going to go ahead, go with the tie two, 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 two draw. Okay. Emmett, how much do we win this game by? I think we win this game by a goal. I think, uh, I think we win two, one. I, I'm really, really hoping here. Uh, maybe, maybe we should change the name of the podcast this week to Dynamo Hopeful. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that this week in training, as they're building up to this, that there really is again just this cohesiveness that comes out of uh, taking a, a big L like that, and we really just come out with something to prove. That's what I'm talking about, man. This team does have a lot to prove. It's gonna happen. Kyle, I didn't get your prediction yet. Go ahead. I think we are going to win three to two. Okay. Three that goals. Was, that was just for you, Sinski. Who scores the goals? What do you think? Thor, Thor, and Timmy Parker. If Tim Parker scores a goal, I'll lose it. I'll lose it. You know he like does a celebration, and that's like his celebration for the year when he scores goals. You might not know that because he's yet to score a goal as a dynamo player. But when he does, whatever he, however he celebrates, he'll do that celebration the rest of the year. If he scores another goal. So I'm afraid to see what, uh, Sinsky will lose besides his shirt. If Tim Parker scores, <laughs> I do love Tim Parker. I really do. I also think, um, the three, two might be a little bit over the top for me. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to say two, one. I think three, two is a little wild. I think Emmett's more correct. And I think that we're going to see goals from unlikely sources. I think maybe a Lundy goal. I think that'd be pretty exciting. And maybe Coco finally finds one of those rockets from outside the box to get in. Um, so that's what I think. And I don't really care who scores for Vancouver. Uh, it's just our goals that matter. So that's what's going to happen this coming week. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. That was an atrocious loss. I would literally rather anything else happen. So I want to know what terrible thing would you rather have happened than your Houston Dynamo losing 0-6? to six? And I'm going to start with Manny. Hmm. I'd rather go a whole month without eating pizza than have the Dynamo lose 6-0 again. And I love pizza. I literally eat pizza probably like at least once a week. So I, we'll say we'll say even further. I will go two to three months without pizza than rather see Dynamo lose 6-0 again. And again, I love pizza. Matter of fact, before I started doing this podcast, Kyle and I thought about doing a podcast about pizza that never happened. That's how much I love pizza. I was going to talk about pizza <laughs> for other people to listen about us talking about pizza and eat it. Man, the oh, more you, you know, go. knowing is half the battle, guys. Uh, Manny's in love with pizza confirmed. Uh, I That would be hard for me. I do love pizza, and it's a pretty cheap like purchase out meal because that's going to get you two or three meals. Man, that's tough. That's tough. Kyle, what, would you, what terrible thing would you prefer have happened instead of the 6-0 defeat in its place? I would have preferred that my family and I would have been on the Oregon Trail and we would have <laughs> suffered from dysentery than the Houston Dynamo lose 6-0, a organization record loss. Do not put that on your family. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how hard We all survive. We all survive. We make it to Oregon, but it's a tough go. Yeah, but do your oxen. <laughs> no, we lost the oxen at the first river crossing. When we forwarded the first river, they man, were you should have paid the guide to get you over, man. Guess what? Always you should pay the guide. Done. Always pay. The Never guide. pay the guide. Save your money for bullets so you can go hunting. You don't have to save your money when you pick that you're a lawyer or a doctor before you head out. Good night, man. You're rich. Okay, Emmett, what terrible thing would you have rather happened than a six-zero defeat to your Houston Dynamo? So. For just real quick, Sinski, what size pizza are you ordering to get three meals out of a pizza? Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking the same thing. All right. These guys don't sponsor us, but I'm going to give them a shout out. I'm not a huge fan of Domino's Pizza, but I am a huge fan of their $5.99 uh, 
pizza medium pizza for two toppings toppings. deal and you can buy like two or three or four of those you keep adding on and they got these little parmesan bread bites that you can buy with it you can't do it with the deal because they cost less than the 5.99 which is really nice um and those things are really good so that pizza man what do you guys do just scarf down the whole pizza at once so i think i think you misled us a little bit you you're just alluded to the fact that you order multiple pizzas which makes well, more sense of how oh, you pause, pause. spread that across i buy one pepperoni jalapeno pizza for me because i don't like white sauce my wife who is absolutely incredible, likes white sauce on her pizza, and that's just a no-go for me. So she gets one of those, and I get the uh, the pepperoni jalapeno. And we both get multiple meals out of that. And we spend like 20 bucks. Sometimes I splurge and buy me a Coke. <laughs> hey Yeah, I, I get still still a little shook by that but you know you're you're the fifth grade math teacher so i'm sure you've got some compounding formula you're using to make sure that it spreads out to three meals you eat um, three but, slices for dinner that night you eat two you slices for lunch at work the next day because you don't want a stomach ache when you're a teacher you can't just go poop poop a chew whenever you feel like it and then the third three pieces or second three pieces but third set of pieces is for dinner that night Three pizza meals. That was some proprietary formula you just used. So you, you talked about not giving away all your secrets, but I feel like that was a big one that you had in your in your repertoire there. So it's just say, a, so you, to get back to your question. Uh, get back, to get back to your question. So I, I like the idea of us sticking with the food theme. This is this is fun right now. Uh, there was a time in my life uh, where we moved somewhere that was not in the United States, and we went two years without eating Mexico Mexican food. I, I would do that again. And that was really challenging. The first time I had queso, after that two-year stint, I cried tears of joy. It was glorious. Thank you, Jesus, for Mexican food. Uh, but but I would go through that again to not have to sit through a, a 6-0 defeat. Okay, okay. Well, if we're giving up food, I eat flaming Hot Cheetos probably every week. I buy the big bag. I try and make it last. It doesn't happen. I have an addiction. I've been eating these suckers since I was like 8, 9, 10 years old. Let me guess, three meals? Three meals for one bag? (laughs) Well, no, that's hard to do because I told you I'll eat the whole thing at once. But um, So I couldn't give that up because it's an addiction. That would be like bad for my health to do that. So instead, what I will give up is like ice cream. It's like a special treat snack, you know? I like different flavors of ice cream, vanilla, uh, the ones with the cookie dough in it. Um, I would give up ice cream for sure, but... But understand, this is a big sacrifice because if you're giving up ice cream, you're also giving up the chocolate syrup that goes on the ice cream. Because when the ice cream melts with the chocolate syrup and you have like a a chocolate ice cream milk, that's like some good stuff. I said special treat for a reason. I try and watch my my figure, um, but I don't like to work out. So I just have special treats every now and then and Flaming Hot Cheetos just about every day. So... I won't give up the flame. Every day? I mean, ask my wife. Uh, I will give up the ice cream after dinner sometimes. My late night snack. One bowl of ice cream for two meals? (laughs) (laughs) You can't put ice cream back. How do you you keep that for a few days? That doesn't work. No, it's just the one sitting. You guys are wild. Also, He's got a a formula. (laughs) He just can't tell us. My mother-in-law left some whipped cream in the fridge so i've been putting that on top of my ice cream lately that's primo stuff guys Fisky, i don't feel like you're giving up much here i'm giving up my late you want us to lose six oh again special treat you guys also like my marcus rashford jersey too you know i haven't forgotten about that <laughs> that's because you give the up things the i sacrifice for this pod are legitimate and i give i give it all how many people are willing to not have ice cream again that's for life i'll do that for life a whole season Wait, a whole season or for life? Those are different things. <laughs> for life for that season. That's not to say. <laughs> it makes sense. Two plus two equals four, Manny. Look it up. All right. And with that, we are going to wrap up this podcast for real. Um, win, lose, or draw. We are all Dynamo faithful, even when it's a historic defeat. So we're glad to bring this content to you. We're grateful that you guys listen, that you guys would go and rate us. We really appreciate that. Let us know how we're doing. We love you guys. Stay faithful. 
Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. I'm not going to give up hot Cheetos.